Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. Join Eric as he shares his experience in real life case studies, interviews guests, and answers your questions about personal injury law. The information Eric shares will help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 27-year personal injury lawyer. We're here to talk about all things personal injury, whether that's car accidents, work injuries, unfortunately wrongful deaths, falls, whatever it it may be, we're here to cover it all. And I started this podcast to answer questions that I get all the time. For a long time, I've done short videos uh, with uh, fairly quick answers. This is a way to do a deep dive on a lot of these issues. Again, our mission at Northland Injury Law is to deny Dr. Evil also known as insurance companies, the ultimate goal they have to make money at the expense of people that have been hurt by the negligence of someone else. So glad you found us. And uh, we just wrapped up a series on car accident injury claims. And now we're going to start a series that... I came up with the title of Work Comp 101. Took me a long time to think about that title. But we get a lot of questions about work injuries. Every day we get questions and there's issues and there's things. And so it's time to do a several part series breaking it all down and that way people have a really good understanding of what is involved in a work injury and uh, what they need to be doing what they need to be looking out for what they're entitled to so now keep in mind um, what i'm going to talk about here is going to be based on uh, missouri law kansas has a lot of similarities uh, but not entirely the same. And if for some reason you're not in Missouri and you're not in Kansas and you're hearing this, you're going to want to check your state's information to make sure uh, what I'm saying here lines up with what you've got going on there. So let's just start with what is work comp? Where does this come from? Well, Work comp is a statutory creation, meaning lawmakers made it. And of course, the idea, right, is that a worker that's hurt on the job is covered for his or her injuries, regardless of how it happened. Whether the worker did something stupid and hurt themselves, whether it's truly just an incident that really doesn't involve fault or whether the employer 
did something to put the employee in harm's way, work comp says, we don't care. This is a no-fault deal, and we're here to cover the injured worker. And it sounds great, because then you have protections if you're hurt. But here's the thing. This also means that when you're hurt at work, you cannot sue your employer. So, if your employer put you in harm's way, you're limited to the work comp system. And it even goes so far, I mean, if you're hurt by another fellow employee, you can't sue that fellow employee. I mean, there's a very limited exception. And the reason for that is, on several different levels, you, if you are not covered by a work comp insurance policy and you get hurt while working, it say you have health insurance. Well, your health insurance is not going to cover a work-related accident injury. As soon as they find out that it was that the injury happened because of work, health insurance is going to say nope. That's a work injury. We're not covering it. So now you don't have health insurance to cover the injury. You, okay, let's say you're able to go out of pocket and cover whatever it is, but you and I both know in reality, if it's a serious injury and medical bills are going to be significant, you've got a real problem. You're not going to be paying out of pocket. And you're going to have trouble finding doctors, and people that are going to be willing to treat you when you're saying, oh, no, I'll pay. I'll just pay out of my pocket. I mean, if they are in agreement to do that, they're going to want a lot of money up front. So you you run the risk of just not being able to get medical care that you need. Um, you also run the risk then of if you're out of work uh, because of your injury, you have no income of any type coming in because, again, if you're not covered by a work comp insurance policy, that's where you're going to be. And you're not going to have any type of settlement down the road for the residual disability that you have because of this injury. So it's a huge gamble if you choose to work either for yourself or somebody and you're not covered by a work comp insurance policy. So just keep that in mind because I know a lot of times, right? Somebody says, says, Hey, I'm going to pay you 20 bucks an hour cash under the table, whatever. And you get hurt and you are in trouble. And we see it. Luckily, I wouldn't say, Frequently, but we do see it probably once every couple months. I literally just had a guy call yesterday and he was helping a guy do like demolition type work on a remodel of a house. And, you know, the guy was hiring him, paying him cash. And he... He's knocking out a pipe as part of this demolition and the pipe falls 
hits his foot, pretty seriously injures his foot. He can't work now. He's having trouble getting any kind of treatment on that foot. I mean, he's he's in a big problem. And, you know, I understand that it looked good on the front side for that money and that job. But when you're doing some kind of work like that, that involves potentially dangerous conditions, man, you got to make sure you're going to be covered if you get hurt. So keep that in mind. The other thing that kind of goes with that as well, and we can even talk about it a little more, but you know, if you're ever working in a situation and uh, you're working for somebody and they try to get you to lie about what happened, don't do that. If they try to tell you, hey, just tell the medical people that it happened at home you know, or whatever it is, but it didn't happen while working for me. Don't do that. There's no, there is no end result that benefits you from that. First off, you're lying. You're potentially committing some kind of fraud. And all that's doing is setting you up for the possibility that um, there's not going to be any insurance coverage at all. And you're going to end up in a bad, bad position at the end of the day. And if for any reason anybody tells you something like that on the front side of working for them, hey, if you get hurt, we're just going to tell them, oh, boy, you better run. Because, again, they probably don't have work comp insurance. And, you know, if somebody doesn't have work comp insurance and they're required to under Missouri, and there's basically anybody with more than five employees has to have work comp insurance in Missouri. It's the law. If you're involved in construction type activities, it doesn't matter how many employees you have. You have to have work comp insurance. See, there's some exceptions like that. But unfortunately, you know, not everybody has work comp. And if anybody's talking about weird stuff on the front side, you better run. Because again, if you get hurt, you're going to have a problem. So... What are the three main benefits of work comp? Well, number one is getting your medical care covered. So if you're hurt at work during the course and scope of your job, that means you weren't jacking around, you're doing what you were supposed to be doing, and an injury occurs, then you're covered under work comp and you're entitled for the employer to provide you medical care. And typically speaking, again, they've got work comp insurance. They're going to turn it over to the insurance company and the insurance company is going to direct your medical care. And every employer is required to post somewhere the work comp information uh, who the insurance company is, contact info, how to make a claim if you're hurt, all those things. Now, again, that's not always the case, but that's another good indication of, right, whether they got insurance in the first place is if you look around or you ask about it on the front side and if they can't produce something, again, be be wary um, because this is this is big if you get hurt. So medical care covered, that's first benefit of um, work comp. And secondly, that's 
um, the the next benefit is uh, weekly benefits if you're off work. And we'll talk a little more about that. And then also at the end, you are entitled to a disability settlement based on this injury. So we're going to break all those down in more detail in later episodes. Um, but today we're just going to talk about some things you need to know if you get hurt at work. And the number one thing that I would say you need to do if you're hurt at work is you have to report the injury. And it seems self-evident, right? You're hurt, got to tell your boss. But do I get calls from people that tried to suffer through it because they were afraid of jeopardizing their job? Yes. Um, or, you know, they're just trying to tough it out because they are afraid they need the money. They need to keep working. And they don't report it when it happens. These things happen. I, I see them. And again, the problem is in Missouri, you have 30 days from the date of your injury to report it to your employer. And you have to report it in writing. And you have to provide certain details about what happened, when it happened, things like that. Now, normally speaking, I would say the serious injuries... I mean, obviously, depending on the severity of the injury, right, it's going to be reported. It's going to be evident. You know, maybe medical attention is needed right then and there. And so it's not an issue. But I do see people that they hurt their shoulder. They hurt their back, whatever it is. And they keep trying to grind it through. And they, they keep trying to just work through it and it doesn't happen. And then they finally report it and they report it back, you know, happening longer than 30 days ago. And that's a problem because at that point, a work cop insurance company is going to get involved. They're going to say, well, no, we didn't know about it. And so, you know, we're not going to cover this claim. So, I cannot emphasize enough, report the claim. Report the injury and get the claim going. The employer is under an obligation to file a notice of first injury with the state once they've been put on notice. Um, but you need to make sure you've put something in writing, whether you've emailed that, texted it, whatever, get it to the people that need to know about it and make sure you're following up, they're acknowledging it, and you're going from there. So report the injury. Now, sometimes there's things like, for example, carpal tunnel syndrome. Okay, carpal tunnel, right, is something that comes on over time. And it just progressively gets worse. And, you know, a lot of times people don't really put it together that it's something that's coming about because of their work. And, you know, you might go see your own doctor. 
And that doctor might say, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, this is something that's very possible from your work. And from, you know, if you've worked there for 10 years doing the same thing, right? And at that point, when you learn that it might be something related to work, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. Do you want to report this to your employer? Do you want to get it turned in as a work comp claim? And again, if your doctor is indicating that it might be a work comp issue, then you probably should go ahead and report it because you may run into an issue of doctors treating you if they think it's related to your work. And that's perfectly acceptable. You know, when you learn that it's connected to your work, obviously, unless you're a medical professional, you know, most of the time judges in the work comp division are not going to hold it against you that you didn't put two and two together. Um, same thing just with like back problems over time, shoulder problems over time. I've got a lady now, she worked for the same company for 18 years or has worked for them, actually now 19 years. And, you know, about uh, 18 years in, 17 years in, she started having both of her shoulders hurting her and she was going and seeing doctors and getting some treatment and whatever. And, you know, that she wasn't necessarily putting it together at the time. Uh, but then once it became evident, she started reporting it and we're still fighting the fight because that, of course, the insurance company doesn't want to relate it to her work. Uh, but that's something you know, it just came in uh, or came on over time of her and her job of moving boxes and lifting and working overhead. So, but again, a lot of injuries happen right, right there. Boom. Something happens. Something's broken. Something's torn. There's a pretty immediate injury. And man, you got to make sure you report those. But on the other side, if you start having problems, you think it's related to your work. You need to you need to think about reporting it if it's come on over time. So that's kind of the overview of the importance of reporting your injury. Don't wait. I just cannot emphasize that because you could forever foreclose your ability to make a work comp claim. Um, I already talked about do not if you get hurt. And again, a boss, somebody says, hey, let's, here's the deal, man. I cannot do another work comp claim. I've had too many employees, but let's, you go tell them it happened at home. Da, 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 da. Here's what I see on that. I've had people, right, call me. It's, it's not, it's probably once or twice a year and a boss convinces them, you know, just tell whoever that, you know, you fell at home, you hurt yourself at home, you did whatever, but it didn't happen at work and all I'll cover your emergency room. I'll cover the doctor, whatever. I just cannot get another work comp claim. Well, this is a huge red flag. And guess what? They don't have work comp insurance. Maybe they do, and they are just trying to avoid a claim. Um, but there is nothing, nothing at all that will benefit you from this arrangement. You're going, again, you're going to be lying. You might be committing some kind of insurance fraud. And this boss is going to completely flake on you and not 
cover a doggone thing. And meanwhile, you there could be a work comp policy out there and you could be getting your medical care covered. You could be getting um, weekly benefits if you have to be off work. You could be getting that disability settlement at the end. And yet now they put you in the situation where you're a liar. And you're trying to somehow, I mean, you got to just come out, right? And say, yeah, okay, I lied. He told me to lie. And of course, he's going to say, I never told you to lie. Bad scenario. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Make sure you're telling the truth. And, oh, and what if you're going to fail a drug test after you've been hurt? Well, it's a problem. It's a problem. We'll We'll probably spend... A whole nother episode on the drug test issue because I get a lot of calls about it, you know, and now marijuana is legal in Missouri. So people are smoking much more actively probably than they were. I don't know if that's true, but everybody feels like, hey, it's legal. So let's go. But guess what? If your employer still has a no drug policy and you test positive after a work injury, it can significantly affect your work comp benefits. I mean, it could completely erase them. And again, we'll delve into that in one of the subsequent episodes, but uh, got to keep in mind if you're doing drugs and you're hurt and you want to make a work comp claim, it could be a problem. It very likely will be a problem. Okay, so when let's just talk a little bit about each of the, the things. Um, when you are getting your medical care covered, that number one benefit that you're entitled to, you know, the employer slash insurance company, they get to direct who you're seeing, where you're going, all those things. And the biggest thing you got to keep in mind is just making sure that you're making your medical appointments because, and you're doing what your doctors are telling you to do. If you don't, if you don't make medical appointments, if you don't abide by restrictions, whatever the scenario might be, you could lose your work comp benefits. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that only a work comp authorized doctor meaning your employer or the insurance company has sent you to that doctor, only that doctor can provide you with work restrictions that your employer has to honor. So you cannot go to your primary care doctor, an urgent care that the employer or insurance company didn't send you to, whatever that looks like. You can't go to those people and get some kind of work restriction note and take it to your employer and say, Hey, this is it. I'm out. It says I can't do all this stuff because they can fire you because you're not coming to work and you don't have a valid reason to not come to work. So keep that in mind. It has to go through the work comp system. You have to have restrictions from a work comp doctor. And again, we can talk about that in more detail down the road. Uh, but it can really suck because at the end of the day, you're, you may be like, I cannot do this job. And the work comp doc 
who does not care about you has only given you a couple of restrictions. Again, another story I've got just recently, I got a guy that, that um, works for a lawn and landscape company. So his job is mowing, trimming, and blowing, right? That's what he does. 12-hour days. And he fell and he, he actually fra has a fracture in his spine. But it's the kind of fracture that, well, it's bad. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that there's any spine fracture that's uh, not good. But it's the kind that it wasn't like he had to go in, you know, emergency or emergently. It wasn't an emergency. He didn't have to have surgery right away. It's a, it's called a burst or a compression type fracture. And they're very painful. And they need immediate care. Uh, but again, unfortunately, due to the work comp system, you know, you start at kind of a regular doc and then they get you lined up with a specialist. And while he was waiting for the specialist, the regular work comp doc gave him some restrictions like no bending, right? No lifting over a certain amount, all that stuff. Well, he's in a lot of pain. The employer says, well, we've got, we can, we've got work that can fit within the restrictions. And originally they're like, you can come and just do trimming for 12 hours a day with a, you know, a trimmer, a weed eater, right? Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. Because what is a, a trimmer requires you to be bent over. It, it's, you know, there's weight there, all that stuff. And so anyway, he called and we got him signed up and we got him out of that. But then they said, well, you can ride a standing mower for 12 hours. Well, unfortunately, that gets a little trickier because really there's nothing in the restrictions that say he can't stand for 12 hours, even though this guy's in pain. So that was a that was a problem. And so we got in, we got him to the specialist sooner than it was going to happen on his own. And that doctor put him completely off work which is where he should have been the whole time with that kind of an injury. So this is where the rub can happen because again, you can, the, the employer only has to abide by the work cop authorized doctor's restrictions. And this is the exact kind of scenario where as an injured worker, you can really find yourself between a rock and a hard place. Um, finally, you also need to understand is with those restrictions, um, you know, just understanding like what exactly you have in place and what you can and can't do at work. Uh, again, that story I just told you is kind of a good example because, you know, you get this list of restrictions and then the employer comes up with, well, but we got this, you can do this. And you just have to understand, you know, truly, are they honoring the restrictions or not? And sometimes it really does take a lawyer getting involved to figure all that out. Um, and it happens all the time. I mean, employers, you know, if maybe if you worked for them for a long time and they like you and they want to help you, great. But so many employees just get jerked around by their employers because at this point, you're just a liability to them. You're, you've already, now you're a work comp claim. Now you can't work. Now you're costing them money. 
they're not happy about it. They're going to jerk you around. And, you know, you just got to make sure that they're abiding by the restrictions. You understand what you can and can't do and uh, just what all of that looks like. Now, finally, as we kind of wrap up this episode, here's another thing to keep in mind. You have two years, two years from either the date of the injury or the date of last authorized medical care to get your claim officially filed with the Missouri Division of Workers' Compensation or to get it settled, one of the two. You go past that time period, you, you can just assume you're done. And you you maybe already got your medical care covered. Maybe you got temporary benefits while you were off work, all those things. But if you've never gotten a settlement and you've gone past that time frame, then you're, you're not going to get one. And again, it has to be authorized medical care. So what does all that mean? Let's say that the work comp authorized doctor cut you loose, but you kept treating somehow on your own. And, you know, this has progressively gotten worse, whatever. And you've gone past that two-year time period and you're trying to now do something about it. Maybe you're wanting to try to get back in and get more treatment through their doctors. You know, what, whatever. Or you've decided, man, somebody told you, oh, you should have a, um, you should have gotten a settlement. Again, if that two-year time period has passed, you're done. You're done. So hopefully you're hearing this well before that happens. And uh, you take the appropriate steps to get your claim on filed or to get it resolved so that you don't lose all the benefits you're entitled to. Okay, that is a very general overview of some things you need to know when you first are approaching a work injury in the work comp system. As we go down the road here in Work Comp 101, we're going to talk about medical care, what that looks like, what you're entitled to, all those types of things. We're going to talk about those weekly benefits and, again, what's involved there, when you get them. Um, what are the different types of weekly benefits you can get? Um, and then we're going to talk about that disability settlement, which is big. Um, because again, you got to remember, I mean, this is, this is your one shot at getting compensated for this injury. And, you know, the work comp system's already skewed against you. It's not a good system in my opinion, um, but it's the best system we have what the lawmakers have come up with for injured workers. So you've got to maximize it. And I tell people that every day, my job as a work comp injury lawyer is to maximize an otherwise not so great system because on your own, you're generally going to get the short end of the stick. A work, a work comp lawyer can come in and can definitely, I, I, there's no question a work comp lawyer that knows what they're doing can definitely maximize the system and get you the best result that you can expect to get. So listen, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Injury Law Pod. If you're listening to this and you appreciated the information, I'd love to get a five-star review wherever you are listening to this. 
And hey, look for the next episode when we dive into the medical benefits that you get as a result of a work cop claim. Take care.